0: This lesson um, is designed to encourage me and to encourage you to pray in three ways. Now, we're going to look at an outline in a moment, but in three ways. Number one, specifically. I believe that we should pray specifically. Dear God, bless all the missionaries. Amen. Well, that's great. But we have a list, 41 missionaries and one printing ministry. That's why we have a list so we can pray specifically. But not only that, we want to pray faithfully. We don't want to just pray for someone to get saved once and say, well, I've prayed for him to get saved. I prayed for her to get saved one time. That's it. They're going to have to get saved now. No, we got to pray faithfully. We got to pray specifically. Here, here's, the, here's the big one. We got to pray believingly. That's the big one. Specifically. Faithfully, believingly. I know you're in Romans, and just stay there, but I'm going to read Matthew 21:22, and you want to jot that reference down in your notes. and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer do you remember the next word? Believing. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. I've been been asking for this and this and this. I've been asking and asking and asking, but have we been asking believing? Maybe we have. God's timing is still the best for you and the best for me. So just because something doesn't happen once and just because somebody doesn't get saved again, the first time that we pray for them, we need to pray faithfully. We need to pray specifically and we need to pray believingly. The aims of this lesson, number one, to discover the opportunity and obligation, the opportunity and obligation of the Christian to pray when it comes to our witness, to learn the secret of praying the Scriptures, praying the Scriptures. I think that's what Pastor Nathan was praying, was about the... The, the sea and the, and the storm and things. Number three, to begin to pray definitely and consistently for that which is on the heart of our Savior Jesus Christ, and that is the souls of mankind. Acts chapter 10, a man by the name of Cornelius sought God. Remember when we talked about that? At the same time, another man was praying. His name was Peter. God was working in Cornelius and God was working in Peter at the same time. They weren't working, they weren't anywhere near one another, and yet God was working on both ends. It was in prayer that God prepared Cornelius to receive the message. That would come from the Apostle Peter. What's happening when you meet somebody and there's a, we call them a divine appointment. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. There might be somebody all all the way over in the maritime provinces praying for their son or their daughter that's living in Vancouver that is not saved. And they're praying for them to get saved And you and I are praying here for people to get saved in this area. And all of a sudden, boom, God puts you across their path. That's what God does. I mean, somebody's praying over here. Somebody's praying over here. Cornelius is praying. Peter's praying. And what happens? God brought them together. The power of prayer. Witnessing and praying are always interconnected. Witnessing and praying are always interconnected. Remember when Abraham prayed for the sparing of Sodom repeatedly. He went to God once. He went to God twice. He went to God over and over again. Genesis Genesis chapter 18. Moses prayed for the brokenness of Israel to be spared in Exodus 32. In our text, Romans 9 and Romans 10, the Apostle Paul prays, specifically chapter 10, the Apostle Paul prays for the nation of Israel that they might be saved. And how about our own Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's praying at the cross. He's praying for the souls of mankind, even at the cross. Look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. Notice the word brethren. Brethren. This is written to the believer. This is written to the family of God. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. This is the key verse in our lesson tonight. May we ask ourselves that question. Is it our our desire that people get saved? I I would think we would all say yes. It is our desire that people get saved. We find in these two chapters, Romans 9 and 10, the heart of the Apostle Paul is definitely laid out for us to read. You can sense his heart all the way through it. And I would encourage you to read these two chapters even during this week. He even says in chapter 9 and verse 3, chapter 9 and verse 3, he says, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Notice the, the possessive words. He says, myself, my brethren, my kinsmen. Romans chapter 10. We know that some of it uh, is much to do with what we call the Romans road. But again, it, it does not begin with preaching. What does Romans 10 begin with? Prayer begins with prayer. The disciples never asked Jesus to teach them to preach. But they did ask him to teach them to pray. Teach us to pray. You see, when we pray for our labor, God blesses our labor. When we pray for our labor, God blesses our labor. When we pray for whatever that labor is, make it more specific. God blesses that labor. And so um, a believer's heart's desire, the heart desire that you have and I have can be revealed when we hear someone pray. It could be a seven-year-old praying for something and you'll hear their desire. And by the way, that's that's great. It can be a, a, an 80-year-old. I, I, I still remember uh, Brother Gord praying. And when he prayed, you knew that it was... I'm not saying he's the only one. I'm just saying, I, I just remember, I can talk about him because he's in heaven now, okay? Nobody here can get a big head. I can talk about Brother Gord, all right? I might talk about you and the way you pray, you might get a big head. And we don't want that. But I remember the way he prayed. As if we were touching heaven as if he was talking to God, like we all can, right? And you can hear his heart's desire. And we can hear our heart's desire when we pray. So we must think about this. What do our prayers say about us? What do our prayers say about us? So what should we pray for? Let's look at the outline. Number one, we pray for the lost to be saved. We pray for the lost to be saved. Not everyone is going to be a pastor. Not everyone is going to be a missionary. We have our missionaries in the sense of going to a foreign field. But all of us tonight can and should be praying for people to be saved. All of us can and should be witnesses. All of us can and should Pray. What should we pray for? Number one, we should pray that the gospel would be advanced. That the gospel would be advanced. The gospel is not simply advanced because of human effort, human planning, human strategy, a website, a whatever page... Even deliver the truth day. Those are all good things. But that's not how the gospel is going to be advanced to its greatest potential. It's going to be in prayer. It must be in prayer. What do we need? What, what we, we, can, we can get a nice pen. We can have a nice track. We can have a nice website. We can have a this page and a that page. But if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit of God, then the gospel's not going to advance as it can and should. If we have the power of God, the gospel will advance because it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We need the enabling power of the Holy Spirit of God. So when we're praying for the advancement of the gospel, you've heard people say this many times, we're praying that doors would be open. That doors would be open. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2 quickly. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Here's the Apostle Paul speaking on the intercessory prayer. Praying for others. There's a key word, key two words in these first six verses. For doors to be open. First Timothy two, 1 Timothy 2.1 I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men be saved. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Two two times... Paul writes to Timothy and says, You need to pray for all men. You're praying for all men that all men might be saved. So we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, and prayer always precedes the preaching. We want to pray before we come to the services at Anchor Baptist Church that our hearts would be ready, that doors would be open, not literal doors. The doors of opportunity throughout the week, and then secondly, we want to pray that hearts would be open to the message. The first person I need to pray for that would be the heart would be open to the message is my heart, my heart. Then I'm praying that all men might be saved. It was Andrew Murray who wrote, "The man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelism in history." We want to mobilize. We want to be a pray, continue to be. I believe God has helped us to be a praying church, but to continue to be a praying church and to pray more. And not just pray on Wednesday night at church and not just pray for our food, pray for the food. Yes, pray on Wednesday night. But as you're prompted by the spirit of God during the day, uh, as, as, as God prompts us, take a moment and pray. As you think about your family, you think about your husband or your wife or your children. Why are you thinking about them just randomly? Do you think that just comes out? No, it comes out because God is saying, hey, you need to stop and pray for them right now. If God puts somebody else on your heart, a coworker, a neighbor, somebody, just you start thinking about somebody. I, I want to learn to say, OK, where did that come from? What well, came from God. So I need to stop what I'm doing if at all possible. I don't have to close my eyes, especially if I'm driving. Keep your eyes open, right, Brother Scott? Keep your eyes open behind the wheel. And you can just pray. May God help us to be be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God, that doors would be open, that hearts would be open. The, the, The prayer part of this outreach we're on lesson five we're not going to this is it next wednesday we're going to be on to something else and we don't want to lose what god's been doing in our heart this lesson i believe ties it all together without praying about all of this that we're talking about i think it's just unraveled everywhere But if we're tying it together tonight with this vital thing that we must pray for the advancement of the gospel. Number number two, we must pray, uh, not, uh, not big number two, but under number one, we must pray for the gospel to be given in power. Not only do we pray that it advances, but we pray that it's given in power. When we are praying, we are speaking to God for men right? Dear God, you've got to to work in the life of, uh, of, of, of Mr. Jones. God, you've got to work in his life. Whatever you've got to do, God, to do to bring into Mr. Jones' life, to humble him, to open his eyes to the truth of the gospel. So you're going to God for Mr. Jones. But then, when we witness, we're speaking to Mr. Jones about God. And we have to do both. But we can't speak to Mr. Jones about God until we spoke to God about Mr. Jones. I think the order has to be that way. The reason why is because we have to have God's power to talk to Mr. Jones. We have to have God's wisdom to know what to say and what not to say. And how to say it and how not to say it. And God can give us that wisdom. So we must pray, number one, before we go. We must pray before we go. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will till the ground of their heart and prepare for the planting of the seed. We don't want this going on rocky ground. We don't want this going on wayside soil. We don't want this going, we want this going on, on good soil. So we're praying, God. And again, this might not be that we know somebody that we're going to be talking to, but we're just going, we're just going out on our day. God, lead me to somebody today that has a prepared heart that I might plant the seed of the gospel. So pray before we go. Matthew 13, 3-9 speaks of that. But not only that, so we don't just pray before we go, we pray as we go. We pray as we go. Claim the promise in, in Isaiah 55.11. Isaiah 55.11, which talks about the Word of God not returning void. God, we're going, it's, maybe it is a Saturday or maybe it is whatever day and you are going and you're going with the gospel or maybe you're going into the store and you have a track ready to give to, to whoever you're going to meet in the store and God, I, I, I'm, I'm claiming the promise in your word that you're going to lead me to somebody while I'm in this store and I'm going to have the boldness to give them the track at the very least and speak of you if you open the door and then God, I want, I'm, I'm claiming Isaiah 55:11 that your word is not going to return void. You know, that can be done in like 10 seconds. It's not the time, it's not the time, but it's that we're saying, I have nothing to offer this individual in and of myself. But if God, you will fill me with your spirit, this little piece of paper with the filling of the spirit, then we can see great and mighty things. And you've told me that your word will not return void. And so we're praying the scripture. We're not saying something that we made up. We're saying something that God wrote. But then don't, don't pray before before you go and then just pray when you go, but pray after you go. Pray after, too. Pray after those seeds are sown. Why? Because the devil's coming. The devil's coming not in the roaring lion, but like a crow. He is a roaring lion, but he's looking for that seed. He's looking to snatch that up, and we're praying that God would keep Satan away and that it would get deep into their heart, John 13, 19. So one of the things we've got to pray for is we've got to pray for lost people to be saved. Number two, big number two, we must got to pray for laborers to be sent. Laborers to be sent. Matthew 9, 28, the only prayer request of the Lord Jesus He instructs His disciples, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. So we're praying for people to be saved, but we're also praying for more laborers. Laborers to be sent. Number one, we're praying for the Lord to send more laborers. So every saved individual in Anchor Baptist Church, is a qualified laborer. You do not need a Bible college diploma to be a laborer for God. You simply need, and I don't say that unkindly and cheapishly, but you simply need the Spirit of God. And if you're saved, you have the Spirit of God, and so you are qualified, and I am qualified, with the Spirit of God to be a witness to be a laborer. So ideally, what we're praying for, first and foremost, is about Anchor Baptist Church. First, we're praying that every saved attendee of Anchor Baptist Church would be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, a laborer. So let's pray that way. Let's pray that way every day. God, please help me to be the witness today that I'm supposed to be. But then pray over the church. God, please help our church family today. Everywhere they go, that there would be an opportunity to be a laborer for Christ. In this idea of witnessing for the Lord. We need more labors. We need more faithful labors. Number two. Pray for the laborers that are already working in the harvest field. Now, we have, a, we have a, a group of laborers that we pray for every week. We call them missionaries. So let's keep that up. We have this prayer page. We send out the, the emails uh, or the, the, the letters. You'll get them tomorrow, God willing. And, and let's pray for laborers that are already in the field. Let's pray for preachers of the gospel. Let's pray for the pastor and the pastors. Let's pray for evangelists. Boy, i missed having Brother Chauvin here all these, these years. We just Every date we've had him scheduled, it's been knocked out, knocked out, knocked out. Now we're looking at 2024. So who knows where we're going to be in 2024. We might be in heaven by then. So anyway, uh, but pray for evangelists. Brother Pauli's an evangelist. Pray for missionaries. You see, I can't go to China to be with that family. Have you looked at their basketball team yet, lately? They have a basketball team. Look at that family. Get your prayer page there. This family we just prayed for. You got a bunch of redhead boys. Can you imagine that taking five redhead boys on a walk in China? I think there's too many redheads in China. Seth, Enoch, Amos, James, and John. That's the starting five right there starting five and their dad's pretty tall as well and I don't know how big the kids are now but uh, you know I can't go there tonight I probably won't be able to go there this year I don't have any plans to go there next year but you know what between now and next Wednesday every time we pray for that family we're going there our prayers can go where we cannot go I'd love to go to New Zealand. By the way, I'd love to go to China, too. Honestly, I would. It's a place I'd like to go. I haven't been there. I've been to Hong Kong, but I've never been to China. I'd really like to go to China. I'd like to go in some of those underground churches, to be honest with you. And um, I know it would be convicting, but I'd like to do it. But anyway, I can't go to New Zealand. A little different than China, isn't it? But uh, I can go to New Zealand this week. Every time I pray for, Every time we pray for the Hutchins, we can go to New Zealand. And uh, that could be said about any of our missionaries. Our prayers can go where we cannot go. Our prayers can go where we cannot go. We have 41 missionaries. We have one printing ministry. Paul pleaded for the local church. Turn to Romans 15. Romans 15, just a few pages over. Paul pleaded for something. Look what he pleaded for. Romans 15, now I beseech you, verse 30, Romans 15, 30. Now I beseech you, brethren. Beseech is kind of like a, almost like a begging type word. I really need you to do this. What do I really need you to do? for For the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, And for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers. Paul, the ultimate uh, missionary, Paul, the three three missionary guy, three-missionary journey, Paul, multiple church planter, says, I don't need anything greater. I beg of you, I, I ask you, I implore you, I beseech you, please pray for me. Pray to God me that's the greatest thing we can do for those 41 plus a printing ministry is pray for them pray definite prayers pray confident prayers not in ourself but in God pray prayers of faith Colossians 4 let's go there quickly we're praying for more laborers but we're also praying for current laborers to stay, to be encouraged. Paul writes to the church in Colossians there, chapter 4, verse 2, he says, chapter 4, verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of christ for which i am also in bonds i've been speaking about christ and i'm in prison for it what is he saying he's saying pray that we have an opportunity to speak of christ a door of utterance that's what uttering uttering means to speak about it and he's sitting in jail And he's saying, pray that we can have another opportunity to do something that will get us back in jail. Wow. What a message. So, we must pray for more laborers. We must pray for the laborers that are already there. God answers prayer in places where you and I may never go. With people we may never see this side of heaven. In ways that you could never imagine. Prayer. It's so vital. Someday I think, I know, excuse me, someday I know we'll see the remaining answers to our prayer that we never saw here. And I, I mean that in sense of the harvest. We'll see that fella from Korea in heaven, family, that the... Uh, that the um, Songs, thank you, we're able to reach. We never met him. But we'll see him there in heaven. And, and all across the globe. We don't know who we're praying for. When we're praying for these three families this week, here's a way to pray for them. Pray that they will be encouraged in the work of the Lord. Specifically, let's pray that. Pray that they'll have a door of utterance. That means an opportunity to speak of Christ. Those neighbors of the missionary in China, right? The soccer coach. Now that, that would be so... I would, I would go to China just to watch a soccer game with the five boys playing. I mean, wow. Amazing. I almost said their name. <laughs> anyway, you know who we're talking about. But we can't just pray for the lost and we can't just pray for laborers. Number three, we must pray for the Lord to use you. You know, I find it's honestly—I'm going to say something. I hope you take it the right way. I find it's quite easy to pray for the lost, because I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to be saved, so yeah, I can pray for the lost. And you know, honestly, I, I don't say—I I guess maybe "easy" is not the right word, but I'm, I'm trying to think of a better word than "easy," but I can't think of one. And I would also say I, I can do that for the missionaries. I love praying for them. I need to do more of both of those, by the way. I'm not doing enough. But now, when it gets personal. Okay, now I'm praying for me to be the witness I'm supposed to be. Now it's not just praying for the missionaries way over in the sea, it's praying for me and my neighborhood and you and your neighborhood. Now it's, getting, now it's about to get real. Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah 6 8. Would you not agree with me tonight that it is hypocritical to pray that God use me and not be willing to obey? Dear God, use me. You know what? God's going to answer that prayer. He's going to answer. He's going to give you an opportunity, a door of utterance, and then you see the doors wide open. And what I've done before and probably what you've done before is we just walk up to the door and close it. Because I I don't want to walk through that door. Because we're the fear of man. Or, you know, whatever. God will use us. But we've got to be willing to obey. Charles Spurgeon once said, Have you no desire for others to be saved? Then you are not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Romans chapter 10, back to Romans chapter 10, it begins with the word brethren. We mentioned that already. It's a family conversation. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. We who know God as our Heavenly Father should desire that others join us in the family. So what do we pray? Number one we must pray that we would be a usable, clean vessel. You know the illustration. You've heard it before. You go up into the cupboard and you open the cupboard and you, you get a glass out and you pull out the glass and it's got dried egg on the top. Probably you're going to try to get a different one. A different glass. You're going to probably set that aside and say, you know what? I'd rather not use that one. I'm gonna see if there's one up there that doesn't have dried egg on it or whatever. Lipstick, you know. Come on now. Because it's not clean. It's not usable. I mean, you could use it, don't get me, but you know what I'm saying. That's not our first thought. Wow, look at that chunk of food. That's the one I was looking for. Hey, put it under there and take a drink. We need to pray that we would be usable and clean. Let's go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. A whole year has gone by in the life of King David. One whole year. Think about that. You know, I know that God's grace is sufficient. And I know that, you know, David is in heaven today in the presence of the Lord. I just can't imagine what it must have been like to live that whole year. That whole year with all that he was carrying did and we we don't pick on David because some of us are probably carrying something around tonight that we have no business carrying around we need to confess it and forsake it and look pray for the lost world pray for the missionaries pray for this pray for that but get clean if you need to get clean get clean tonight psalm 51 verse 10 create in me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. God's not going God's not to allow me into His presence with a dried egg on my spirit. Get it knocked off. Get it cleaned off. The precious blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth me from all sin. It's like that dishwasher has those jets to knock all that stuff off of it. Better yet, it's like the the scouring pad in the sink that you take and you wash it all off and it's clean. It's amazing what that soap gets off. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you and me. We can be as dirty as dirt can be. And the blood of Jesus Christ applies cleanseth us. Because why why, why do we need that? Because we need God's power. We're talking about being a usable vessel. We're talking about being a witness for Christ. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. We can't go out there and take the, our gospel gun, if you will, and take our stuff if we've got a bunch of sin in our life that needs to be confessed. David said, first, I need a clean heart. First, I need to have a right spirit. If, I've got, if, I've got, if I'm at odds with somebody, especially in the church or my own family, the church, and I'm going to try to go out and win people to Christ and tell them the gospel... That's not the order here in Psalm 51. The order is I've got to get clean. I've got to get the right spirit. Why? Because I need God's spirit working through me because it's not my power. It's not my persuasive words. It's the power of the gospel through the Holy Spirit of God. Then David says, then I can teach some people. Then I can tell some people because David has got himself right with God. So I must confess. What does it mean to be usable? It means confessing every known sin. And asking the Lord to keep you right with him. By the way, God uses sinners to deliver the gospel to other sinners. But we're sinners that are forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ is applied, and we're going that way. So we must be usable. Secondly, we must pray that we would be yielded to the control of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Turn to John 15. Please, John 15. So big number one, pray for the lost to be saved. We've got a harvest field on here. We're praying for them. We need to pray uh, faithfully. Uh, We need to pray specifically. And we need to pray believingly. But not just praying for the lost. We've got to pray for labors. We've got to pray for more labors. We've got to pray for the labors that are already out there. But secondly, thirdly, and lastly, we've got to pray for, for us to be used by God. And in that, we must be clean. And in that, we must have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. John fifteen twenty six says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning." The Holy Spirit came after Jesus went back to the Father and now we have the Holy Spirit in us from the moment of our salvation. He is the one who is going to... He's called the Spirit of what in verse 26? Truth. 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 That's the theme, right? Truth. So if we're going to go and be giving the right message, we've got to go and be filled with the Spirit because He's the Spirit of truth. Trust Him for wisdom. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Pray for boldness. Trust Him for boldness. Acts 4.12-13 probably you, you've heard me say it or somebody else say it, we cannot be controlled by the flesh and the Spirit at the same time. This is why we have to be, first off, we have to be clean before God. So that when the Holy Spirit is leading us to say something, do something, not say something, not do something, we'll, we'll be able to hear the Holy Spirit inwardly and know what to do. And then thirdly, we should pray for divine appointments. We should pray for divine appointments. We read earlier that Christ died for all men. For all men. Spiritually alert believers will see the divine appointments made for them throughout the day. We have in our city hurting people. We have in our community hurting people. We have in our area lonely people. They may have money, but they're lonely. They may have a house. They may have a good job. And that made me all of us in here right now. But we know apart from our relationship with the Lord Jesus, the rest of it is just... Without our relationship with the Lord Jesus and our relationship with God, where would we be? We could have everything this world says is going to make you happy, but at the end of, of the day, happiness is not the same as joy. So we must be ready for these appointments. Turn to John four. Quickly, John four. Jesus found an appointment. We talked about it on recently in the message. We talked about John three, and then we said in the context of that story of the religious man, Nicodemus, the very next chapter, he has an appointment. He has an appointment at a well, at Jacob's well. He has an appointment in Samaria. He said, I like verse 4, he must needs go through Samaria. It's saying that he needed to go there. He was led there, I believe, by the Spirit of God, just like he was led by the Spirit of God in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, he was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted in the wilderness. Now he's led by the Spirit of God. He must needs go through Samaria. It was the, it was the long way there, but it was the way that he needed to go. Why? Because there was someone there who needed a drink from the well. Not the well of water, but the well that he had. Verse 7, There cometh a woman of Samaria to drink water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. And you know the confrontation and you know the, the, the saying that goes on there. Verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. And and you can read that for yourself. I'm just saying, here's an opportunity. Here's an open door. Here's a divine appointment. Jesus shows us the example of what we should do with the divine appointment. So we're praying for the lost to be saved. We're praying for laborers. and We're praying that God would use us. George Mueller, you've probably heard of George Mueller. One of the things about George Mueller that he's known for is praying for all the orphans to be fed. And God provided miraculously. But another thing that maybe you've read about George Mueller's life is his Desire for his five friends to be saved. He began, once he got saved, he began praying for his five closest friends to be saved. The story says that in 18 months after he began praying, one of his friends got saved. In five years, the second one got saved. Five years. In six years, the third one got saved. And then nothing happened for the longest time. But he wrote in his private journal, praying day by day for nearly 36 years for the conversion of these individuals. And yet they remain unconverted. But I hope in God, I pray on and look for the answer. They are not converted yet but they will be after 36 years. In 1897, after 52 years of daily prayer and after the death of George Mueller, the last two boyhood friends were gloriously saved. We may not see the answers immediately, but we may meet them At the feet of Jesus someday. Effective praying. Is not a casual level conversation with God. But a heartfelt cry. For his help. Can I read that again? I came across this earlier today. Effective praying is not a casual level conversation with God. But a heartfelt cry. For his help. So what's the application on Lesson 5? Well, you have it there. Number one, create a prayer list of people that you know who need to be saved and begin praying every day for their salvation. Maybe you already have that list. We have it for you in, in the prayer page. You know, Some of these names have been on here for well over a decade, If you'll get the prayer page out, please, you'll see the harvest field there. Some of them are your family. Some of them are your friends, our friends. Many of them, many of them, we don't know. You you may know, but you're the one that knows them. But we know you, and we love you because of the love of God. So we're praying with you for this harvest field. So... here's a a pre-made list, but don't let it stop here. Don't let it stop here. Number two, I like this. I like this. Ask another believer to be your prayer partner. This will help provide accountability and agreement in prayer. Matthew 18, 19. So, another sister in Christ, another brother in Christ, somebody in your family, you know, it doesn't it's just a prayer partner specifically praying for the lost. Specifically praying for laborers, specifically praying that we would be used by God. Now, remember remember what we said? Praying and not being willing to obey, it's hypocritical. So number three, we get right down to the, the road. Here's the road. Write a letter or make a visit to someone you are seeking to win to Christ. Tell them you love them and you're praying for them. Now, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. This isn't, you know, just follow this, da, 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 da. But it's something to begin with. Use this to open a door for the gospel. Remember, here it is. We must not only pray, we must obey. We've had five Wednesday nights in this really, really good series. Brother Paulie and Brother Fox worked together on this. A training resource for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But we're not, we're not accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish if we just have a handout and put it somewhere at the house, and we've got five handouts, and they're all filled in, and we've got all the blanks filled in, and Good. We're not taking the time to do this just to fill in a notebook. We want to be burdened at first in prayer. We're kind of ending with where we start. I think that's neat how they did that, quite frankly. We're ending with what we start with. In this area of being a witness in our life, it's got to start in prayer praying for the lost. Make a list. Make a list. Be organized in prayer, right? Be specific, faithful, specific, uh, believing. We're all guilty. This person will never get saved. Now, you may not say that to somebody verbally. And I may not say that, but I have thought that. I'll just tell you, I've thought that about people. This person will never get saved. We all know that's not praying, believing. So we've got to ask God to forgive us. Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Maybe we've got to start right there. Maybe there's somebody in your mind right now, and when I said they'd never get saved, maybe that face popped up. Or that face, and that face, and that face, and that face. And tonight, what what do we need to do most is we need to... We need to ask the Lord to forgive us for a lack of faith. That yes, they can be saved. They're breathing. They can be saved. There's a lot of things that come into that. I understand that. But what can we do? I can't go into their heart and say, <sharp inhale> I can't get them in a headlock and say, get saved. Right? can't do that. My prayers can go where I can. not it's not just talking about Africa and Asia. It's talking about maybe one of your family members. Your prayers can go where you can. not That's right to the heart. Because the Holy Spirit can get right in there. Where I can't get. Where you can. not So I hope that, I pray, I pray, that this will be something that will move us in the advancement of the gospel. I believe over these last five weeks, God has helped me and challenged me, and I believe he's helped you and challenged you, and we've, we have seen specific answers to prayer in this area. Let's continue on.